Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 43 of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew. My name is Jordan Lorenz. Happy New Year, everybody. This is our New Year special, back-to-back specials here on the podcast. We can't help it. The holidays are back-to-back, but our first episode of the New Year, I am still joined by the one and only Drew Skyberg. Drew, I mean, how are you doing, sir? New Year's Eve done. We're recording here on the Saturday after, getting ready for Sunday night football, Packers have a chance to clinch the one seed. I mean, a lot of stuff's going on Saturday, so just talk to yourself. I'm excited. Yeah, you're right. A lot of good stuff going on. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're in 2022 now, and we got to reflect kind of how the podcast performed in 2021. And, you know, we started March 7th here, Jordan, and look how far we've come, they say. Insane. 103, I think, episodes were on in that nine-month stretch. I mean, that, that's impressive. I think, you know, maybe... Well, we'll see what we got in store for 2022. We got a lot of good stuff planned, you know, in the future. We're going to keep keep grinding away that good three-episode week, hopefully, and we'll see where we go from there. And we got a lot more specials, of course, you know, coming your way. We, we have all the stuff planned. Keep listening, guys. We appreciate all the support. You know, more merchandise for sure in 2022. But, yeah, we can't thank all of our fans. Can't thank you guys enough for how 2021 went, and we're really excited for 2022. Speaking of the hats, those have been all given out by the, at this time of recording, we don't know who won Saturday's giveaway yet, but it has been posted. Devin and Caden, we know for sure they won their hats. We'll be getting those out. Drew yesterday was sweatshirt delivery day. So, I mean, we've got a lot of stuff coming to you guys. We won't have merch for a while. I mean, we did our shirts, we did our hoodies, we did our hats and we did stickers way back in the day. You know, we've had a bunch of stuff and we're going to, we're going to take a little break. We're going to regroup. We're going to figure things out and we'll be back and better than ever. I said, maybe a journey to a million shirt one day, maybe a new design for our podcast shirt. We've got stuff planned, guys. Don't worry. It'll be big. Seven episodes away from episode 50 and then just nine episodes away from our one year anniversary. So that's what we got there, guys. We can't thank you enough for the support. As Drew said, I mean, over 100 episodes and combined with YouTube and through our podcast, about 4,000 listens combined. So Really good stuff. We do have a website now that we want to shout out, podpage.com slash Jordan slash Drew slash Jordan. You know, it's kind of one of those things, but it's, I mean, it's a pod page, right? It's our free website and it's up there. You guys can leave a review straight from the website. All of our episodes are up there. The YouTube videos, I was going to ask you about this because they don't update now since you have to use the paid version for that, but we've got some YouTube videos up there. They're all there. So just go check that out. That'll be in the description of this. It's in our YouTube description as well. We'll be shouting it out on our social media. So there we have that. Something new for the new year. Don't forget all of our other social media platforms. JD Sports Pod on Twitter. I posted the video of something we're going to talk about coming up here very, very shortly. Jordan Drew underscore sports crew on the Instagram. Jordan Drew the sports crew on Facebook and on YouTube. Once again, thank you guys for subscribing, following to us to join those giveaways and We're not going to be doing giveaways anytime soon. So if you missed out, sucks to suck, I guess. I mean, you had your chance, three of them to be exact. So you lost your chance on winning a free hat. The last chance is in the pod league, which I know Zach was complaining about that our playoffs end in week 18, but hey, whatever. It is what it is. We had 16 teams. We were just getting so everyone could face each other. You know, at the end of the day, it ends in week 18. It ends in week 18. That's how it's going to be. I just want it real quick. So I needed to complain because my money league, right? This is, I'm in the championship game. My first, this is my third year in the league. My first year in the league, I lost to this guy in the championship. I was the new guy. It's a bunch of older people with my uncle in this league. I was the new kid on the block, came in. I was projected to lose only one game. I lost more than that, but I made it all the way to the championship and ended up losing. Now, two years later, it's the rematch. Me and the same guy here in the championship game, he's looking to three-peat. I'm not about to let this happen. However. I've got struggles. Lamar Jackson, quarterback, he's hurt. He's not going to play. Kirk Cousins, found out on Thursday. He's on the COVID list. He's not going to play. I still don't think I'm going to have James Conner, right? And I don't have Daryl Henderson anymore. So two of my top running backs and both of my quarterbacks are out. I have Justin Jefferson, but how is he going to do with the backup quarterback? You know what I mean? So now I had to go on the waiver wire. Boston Scott is my starting running back along with uh, who, who's my other running back? I don't even remember at this point in time, but I have Boston Scott as my running back right now. And this is a big risk because you never know what's going to happen with the Eagles. So I'm stuck with Boston Scott and my other running back. Oh, Swift. He's back of the lines. He's my other running back, but at quarterback in the championship game, Tyler Huntley or Trey Lance. This is, I mean, they're both rushers. So that's good. I think I'm going Trey Lance, but you'll know by now 
I I personally say you go Tyler Huntley. I I know. Yeah, I don't know. I I like what I mean. Look how he played against the Packers, Jordan. I think a guy who I mean he played he played as well. I mean I'm not gonna say as well as Lamar Jackson, but he certainly filled out Lamar Jackson role, and he kind of fit in that offense. I know. I know we we see the Ravens. You know, a lot of injuries are going on right now with them, and. You know, there's a chance. I mean, just the the secondary is depleted, but like, so I, they're gonna give I think a lot of points. But you know, I think I think Huntley's gonna play play well, and he he has when he has filled that role. And I think I mean he I think he is more upside than a guy like Trey Lance. I know, but it's up to I you. Don't know. My I, opinion. It's, it's a championship decision between Trey Lance and Tyler Huntley. I've still. I mean, I have the Buccaneers defense. They play the Jets. That's a lock. Dallas Goddard, great tight end. Justin Tucker is a kicker. He's going to be just fine. I have Cooper Cup. I've got the top receiver in the league. I mean, I've got the talent. I got Renfro and Renfro, I should say, and Mooney in my flex spots. But this quarterback decision is absolutely killing me. So that's that. I just needed to get that out there in the world. We'll post about it and we'll figure out if I made the right call or not. I probably, like I said, Trey Lance is playing Houston. And I know Houston just upset the Chargers, but Houston's just not a good football team. So I think I'm going Lance, but we're going to have to see. He's got Kittle. He's got Debo. You know, ugh, I don't know. I really don't know at this time. Shout out of the week. Let's waste no more time. Zach Erdahl. You're probably all like, what? Who? Of the Wisconsin Badgers hockey team on the game on Tuesday against Yale, scored his first ever collegiate goal. Shout out to Zach Erdahl in the win there. Badgers won 3-2 in overtime. And then on Wednesday, they played the 16-seed Providence in the championship game. Zach Erdahl with the game winner in the shootout. I posted the clip on Twitter. However, we're going to listen to the audio from the electric atmosphere. We're going to listen to this right now, recorded from yours truly. Here we go. He's going to take the shot right now. Game winner. This is unreal, Drew. It really was. But yeah, when you beat the 16th ranked team in the country in hockey at the Pfizer Forum, that was incredible. And I, you know, I we'll, we'll get talk into me it later. Through it. Talk oh. me through it. How what was it like? Hockey talk is happening right now. We're talking all about it. Pfizer Forum holiday face off. Two games. We were there. Guess the attendance real quick for the Badger game. Badger game. I will yeah. say. I'll say four thousand. 6,225, according to their website. It really filled up. First game, it wasn't a whole lot. Bowling Green ends up beating Yale 2-1. to one. Both teams struggled on the power play. There were penalties left and right, but no one could get a power play goal. I don't know why, but like I said, they were struggling. Yale first in the NCAA in penalties. They sure proved it. They nearly came back, scored a goal, but couldn't do it. So that was our first game, and then we got some nice Chick-fil-A. We were waiting, walking around, and it was Badger time, baby. Badgers down 2-0 in the second period. First period was scoreless. Second, they're down 2-0. Mo gave up one goal because he lost his stick. He didn't have a stick, right? So that's how the goal went in. It swiped right through his left side. And then the second goal, just an absolute error. Dude didn't know where the puck was. He was looking the wrong way. Such an easy shot for goal. Badgers were able to come back in the third period. They had the luckiest deflection goal I've ever seen, an unassisted goal. And then De St. Paul once again comes up clutch, has another one. He had one in the game on Tuesday, and he gets one here. We go to overtime, three on three, five minutes. No one scores. Badgers had the puck with the last minute. They bide all the time they possibly could. Nothing. Come up empty. We go to a shootout. You, I know you guys were completely confused at a shootout. You're like, what is going on? But we got there. It was a best of three. It was 1-1 after three. It went to the sixth person. That is how intense it was down the stretch. And like I said, the one and only Zach Erdahl, collegiate goal, first ever one in the game before. And then this night ends up with a game winner. They interviewed him after. He got a box of Glazers as a reward because it was sponsored by Quick Trip. So I thought that was funny. But, I mean, I didn't expect the Badgers to win. I predicted the correct score but I didn't think the Badgers could actually do it. I know they beat top teams in the year, but Drew, talk us through it, man. This is our hockey talk segment for the week. How was it at the Pfizer Forum? Uh, you know, okay. Coming into it, I, I didn't know what to expect. You know, expectations were very low, I'd say, because college hockey, um, not really one of the most popular things, I'd say. You know, in, I don't in, even in watch college hockey. 
yeah my point you know not 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 that popular so coming in i was like okay let's see how this goes so first game you know it, it was a lot of for me it compares a lot lot to soccer in terms of just kind of like strategy and stuff so like, a lot of the rules like I, I was still able i was able to grasp you know i understood you know coming to like what offsides is you know how icing is fairly easy to understand just overall like strategy and placement you know it makes sense to me it's just like soccer but you know some things for me got a little tricky uh the one thing that i always i point out to jordan right away was like the, the saves versus blocks they got stats up and i was like what in the world is the difference between a save and a block so that that was one thing i was always i was like that bothered me i didn't know what it was and um also just overall like where, where we go in the face-offs you know they got the four four circles let's say you know on each two on each side don't know what where they go for what for what kind of thing and, and then, then sometimes I, they went to the center which confused you even more a little bit but um and then like i understood i didn't realize like like some stuff was easy like oh penalty you go in the box two minutes and then power play i that made sense to me um right away but you know just overall it was just a little bit of learning and then just like remembering some of the rules um coming in because we watched hockey once at my house but it was a while ago so a lot of just you know remembering but overall um i was impressed i really enjoyed it uh especially the wisconsin game you know that was more of an atmosphere of a hockey game and i, I think it was a really great experience and i i encourage I encourage people who are not fans of hockey to maybe just give it a try. You know, uh, you, you might not like it, but Hey, if you give, just go, go for a game, you know, maybe an admirals or, um, you know, gamblers game, just something like, like that, maybe a college hockey game just to kind of get a feel for it. But it's certainly the, the intensity, you know, the, the, how I describe it, soccer strategy with like the football contact almost even maybe not that much contact, but just rugby contact. Yeah, there you go. It's a more aggressive, more, you know, contact, physical version of soccer is kind of how I feel on ice is how I put it into words for me. And then I occasionally use different sporting terms in it because that's <laughs> that what the I best. Am. And it was that, a lot of fun. People around me might have not liked it, but I did it. Uh, the guy to my left certainly did not like it, but I mean, whatever that was him. So like, I was going to say two things here. So first of all, like, I think it's like $15 to go to a gambler's game or something. I mean, the tickets are super cheap. Those are in green Bay at the rest center. The admirals are a little more expensive, but they're AHL. So they're like the triple A, you know, of the MLB. It's like that next step. So the AHL to the MLB or to the NHL, I should say. And other than that, the first game, you know, Bowling Green and Yale, it was just a bunch of Badger fans there. It's all red jerseys, all red shirts and stuff. So we didn't really have anyone to root for in that game. It was just like I told Drew, it's like you pay for the Badgers, you come first, you get free hockey. You know, it's like a big boxing fight. Everyone's coming for the big main event. You might not know anyone in the early prelims. Some people come and watch them, some don't. So that's basically how I described it there. But overall, just a super fun time. And maybe we'll do it again next year at the Pfizer Forum. They said they're going to bring it back. So we'll have to see if they do or not. I'm hoping they do. I mean, it was supposed to happen last year, but it didn't because of COVID. Now we finally got it this year. So let's move on to the stats of the week. There's a lot of them. A lot of football ones here as well. I think they might actually. There's Oh, there's one hockey one, and then the rest are football. So the Patriots and Bills happened last week. It was the first time in Bill Belichick's 392 games as head coach of the Patriots that they failed to force a punt. Yikes, Patriots are hot, and now they're kind of cold. So maybe they rebound this past weekend, but we'll have to see the Saints in this atrocious Monday Night Football game against the Dolphins. They had negative two yards in the first quarter. Ian Book, Drew, any comments on him? I really didn't watch the game, but, man, I think he got sacked eight times. Like, this was terrible. Yeah, I, I watched a bit of the game. He, he's not ready yet, and it just it sucks that COVID has really put guys in this spot, like, that are not ready to, to have to perform at, at this level. And, you know, it, it's it, it's a tough situation for everyone, but it's especially unfair to guys like, like Book, who, you know, certainly has the potential and stuff, but he's just not ready yet. And it, it just it, it's t- it was tough to watch. And they described him as the backup to the backup, which I don't necessarily get because he's the fourth stringer. The Saints have gone through Jameis Winston, um, Trevor Simeon. Hill. Why am I? Tays- Taysom yes, Hill. Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill. He's their starter Winston, right now. Yes. Winston's been out, so that's why yes, he's there. Winston's been out. And then this is just, this is unreal of what this team has gone through in terms of quarterback play. I know a lot of people like to say bad things about Jordan Love, but he did a heck of a lot better job than some of these other guys we're seeing. I know totally different circumstances and stuff, but still, yikes, not good at all for the Saints and Sean Payton, poor guy. Ever since he lost Drew Brees, his team is going downhill. So 
let me give you the list of NHL head coach or NFL head coaches since 1970 to win 10 or more games and a division title in each of their first three seasons. Are you ready for the list? I'm ready. Matt LaFleur. That's, That's the list. It. That's the list right there. That one guy, our coach, I love this man to death. He has been, obviously he has Aaron Rodgers. It's entirely different that he gets to rely on him and all that. But still, I mean, people don't give this guy enough credit. The Miami Dolphins, they may not be getting enough either. They started the year one and seven. They're the first team in NFL history to win seven straight games after losing seven straight. So talk about a turn of events for Miami and NFL history. Another team that punched their ticket, the Bengals. First team in NFL history to have a 4,000-yard passer. I'm just going to stop right there. Joe Burrow, 525 yards. Did you see this man last week? I mean, tell me he's not the future of the league. Yeah, he's certainly one of the top quarterbacks, you know, up and coming. And he really... I mean, he's he's blossomed. I mean, with Cincinnati, and they've been able to really get some great guys around him, get some good pieces. I think of Jamar Chase, especially the rookie, um, is one of them. And just uh, overall, I mean, they have a great offense. That defense, though, is concerning. It was good at the start of the year, first three, four games, and I picked him up in fantasy, and then I think I cursed him because ever since I did that, they kind of plummeted. So. Jamar Chase, like you said, I know a lot of people picked on that pick. They made fun of that pick. I guess that sounds a little better because they wanted an O-line guy. But Chase has been doing fantastic. He's going to be on my fantasy watch for next year if I can get him kind of later maybe potentially. But we'll have to see. Joe Burrow, might he, him, Baker Mayfield, they're tight right now as my favorite quarterbacks besides Rodgers. Anyways, Bengals' first team in NFL history to have a 4,000-yard passer, a 1,000-yard rusher, and not one, but two 1,000-yard receivers all 25 years or younger. Joe Mixon also a huge point of this offense. He is a must-have in fantasy coming up moving forward. The offense can revolve around him any week. Regarding the game plan, obviously, if Burrow's going to throw for over 500 yards, it's not, but still. Last one here, Alex Ovechkin. Now the first, or the first, the most power play goals in NHL history. So good job, Ovi, getting that mark. We we were going to record Sunday morning, right? So we would have been able to talk our, about our Bucks bet because the, all three games would have been done, and then the Winter Classic. But we're going to have to wait until next week so I'll talk about all those. The Blues and Wild NHL Winter Classic on Saturday. Hopefully you all watched it or at least saw some clips of the absolute beauty that Target Field is with that hockey stadium. Let's go to on this day, January 3rd, 2022. The Boston Red Sox baseball club owner, Harry Frost, announces agreement to sell slugger Babe Ruth to the Yankees for $125,000 in cash. And listen to this, a $350,000 loan. Interesting. And that was at the start of an 84-year curse of the Bambino, but cash and a loan as they got rid of Babe Ruth. So very interesting. On this day, 1971, not one, but two things. The first ever AFC and NFC championship games. The AFC saw the Colts, Baltimore Colts, that has beat the Raiders 27-17. The NFC championship game saw the Dallas Cowboys beat the 49ers 17-10. to So let's go 12 years later on this day, 1983. Tony Dorsett, we talked about him in Derrick Henry's run because this is the day where Dorsett set the record a 99-yard rush. Cowboys won 31-27 in that game. So back to hockey. It's a common theme here today on this day in 1991. I was going to say 20 years ago, but it's not anymore. 21 years ago, Wayne Gretzky became the fastest and youngest player in NHL history to score 700 goals in the Kings' 6-3 win over the Islanders. Two years later on this day in 1993, Frank Reich, of the Buffalo Bills, the comeback, a 32-point deficit as they win 41-38 in overtime. Greatest comeback in NFL history, Drew. I know a lot of people like to talk about the Super Bowl, but was it 28-3? And I mean, I know this was just a wild card game, but still, if you can come back from down 32, we should be talking about it a little more than we do. Certainly, this is one I actually really I've never really heard about. I'm Me sure either. I've seen something about before, but like this, it's not it's now to come back that comes to mind. And yeah, now 29 years ago with the new year. So that's, unreal. Yeah, I mean, we could watch this game in the summer sports spectacular, but we didn't knew we're not going to have a summer sports spectacular too. just so we're all on the same page. It's not happening again this summer. On this day in 2016, Jimmy Butler breaks Michael Jordan's Chicago Bulls record from points in an NBA half. This just happened six years ago now. He scored 40 of his 42 points in the second half. 
I remember this actually, which is kind of odd, but he beats uh, 115 to 113. So very close win, but a big two point win there. And Drew, we're going to keep that momentum going. So we're going to talk a little bucks and NBA real quick. There's not a whole lot to talk about. However, our bet was, are they going to win over or under 2.5 games? Currently they've won two. They beat the magic both times on the 28th, 127 to 110. Then on the 30th, 136 to 118. So this Bucks team's putting up points again, 127 and 136 in back-to-back games. They play again Saturday night. What are your thoughts now? They're 24 and 13. Do you think everything is finally coming together? I know there's still COVID problems going around and some guys aren't getting to play their minutes and everything, but I feel like finally this Bucks team, they've got quite the winning streak going, five games in a row. They have now won, might be six at the time of recording. I think things are finally on the right page for this team. You bet they are. They got everyone really back with that big three that we talk about in Middleton, Holiday, and Antetokounmpo. And now with that, I I mean, like they've been, I think the record right now, I think it's 15-2, 16-2 when all, two, all three of those guys play. It, it's something ridiculous like that. So when you have all three guys, and plus the schedule has not been so great, playing one of the worst teams in the league in the Magic back-to-back games, I mean, it's very, very generous scheduling they played them three times swept them already this year right now yeah i mean we saturday new year's day you see the the pelicans they they play the bucks and that should be an easy win and then also january 3rd then the 5 and 28 detroit pistons play the bucks i mean bucks schedule has been very easy as of late which is great and then we got the brooklyn nets though january 7th so you got to test there but Overall, the teams look great. Drew Holiday is a guy who's really, you know, I mean, he, he's played great these last two years with the Milwaukee Bucks. But now, I mean, he's playing like he's been great, but like he, he's he been playing at all-star level, I think, these past two years. But I think this is the year where he gets into the all-star game for the first time since 2013, I believe it was. It's been that long. And he's certainly made that leap. I, I know we talked about him really stepping up with one guy's route with COVID. He really has. I mean, Milton's played like an all-star, of course. And then we know Giannis playing like the MVP, I think. I think it's him and Jokic, you know, coming down to it right now. And, you know, LeBron's played played very well, high-level basketball, but his team has not been winning when he's been putting up these numbers. And so I, I don't think you can really consider that. And I yeah. saw a thing the other day. He's putting up like 37 points, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, and all these games, and they're like losing. And that's a little concerning. Lakers had their little super team going on. They just traded Rondo, right? I saw that correctly? To the Cavs, yep. Interesting. That's my boy, Ricky Rubio. He was, he's out for the year now. That's why they needed Rondo. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. Yep. And I was a big Ricky Rubio guy when he was on the T-Wolves. I don't blame you. He, he was a great player to watch. I uh, played in played in Spain for some basketball. Yes. Covered it. I did a little bit in my Spanish class on him because, hey. you know, why not? And looking through the uh, standings in the Eastern Conference right now in 2022, the Bulls sitting up top. Yeah, nobody would have thought this. 23-10, and 10, they're the one seed right now, Jordan. DeMar DeRozan's playing at a superstar level right now, and it is insane to watch. Him and Levine may have a dynamic dual goal right now. I still think, I mean, I, I think the Bucs are going to finish in that one seed. Maybe the Bucs or the Nets. I think those are the top two guy, teams to finish it. But, you know, seeing the Eastern or the, what is it, the Central Division having competitors is incredible because the, the Bucks really haven't had competition in the division for years. Well, yeah, and that's how it makes you better. And yeah, now we got the Bulls and the Cavs actually playing at a playoff level. I mean, it used to be just Bucks and then Placers sneaking in at a seven or eight. Right now we're seeing the, like, we are seeing all four T. I mean, other than the Pistons, got to disregard them, but like, they're well, all that's, yeah, that's expected. Yeah. And just let me make sure here. Who do yeah, the Cavs have that they're so good? The Cavs? Um, well, if you look at Evan Mobley, he's been playing well. Darius Garland's been playing phenomenal right now for the team. Kevin Love. Name. Kevin Love has, you know, came back and now he's playing he's playing at a Kevin Love level right now, which is awesome to see. But yeah, they they've had some good rookie plays. Uh Jetty Osman, he's been playing, you know, they have some solid shooters been playing and they've had some COVID problems, but they've been able to bounce back. And then another guy I want to throw out is Isaac Okoro. He's been playing, you know, all, all those guys I mentioned, you know, that young core. They've been really able to develop really nicely since, I mean, if you look at LeBron's departure, it's been like kind of tough. And now oh, yeah. we're starting to see a respectable Cavs team. So. There you go. Only took a few years and they got back in it. So that's basically it for NBA, right? We want to talk some college now. I just looked. Green Bay ended up on the losing end here on Saturday. A tough loss to Wright State, 72-69. They were in it until the very end. Come up with another loss. This team is 2-11. and They're just 
this Will Ryan era is not going how people wanted it to, and it's tough. They have not won a game since December 2nd. That was their first Horizon League game. They won two straight because right before then they beat a Division Three UW Superior. So those are the only wins for Green Bay on the year. I mean, we're talking about it because this week, coming up on Wednesday, Milwaukee and Green Bay, it's Drew and I's rivalry. They play at the Rush Center in Green Bay. Don't believe I'll be going to that one, but still, that is a big-time Big time game over at the Rush Center, and it's a nice little Wisconsin rivalry as well. Do you want to recap the standings of the Horizon League? Because your Milwaukee Panthers certainly haven't been at the top. They just won. They beat the. Did they actually? They they came back. They were down. Oh, they were down a little bit. They came back. They win by okay. six against Northern Kentucky. I cannot believe it. Um, we, we only saw... lost by five to Northern Kentucky, if you believe it or not. Oh. Vin Baker. They the, Jordan. The second half. 38 to 18, the Panthers outscored what? Northern Kentucky, the Norsemen. And that can't happen. Oh, well, Jordan, it happened. And look at this Vin Baker Jr., career high 14 points. And, you know, um, no PBJ. PBJ's been out the last three games, still due to COVID 19, they say. So that's been a no couple way. weeks already. No and still are saying COVID 19, sir. So not sure what's going on, but I am. Happy with this result. I mean, we haven't won. It's been a long time. That is now the fourth one. Well, they beat. They beat, had some exhibition games against some like D two school. I think it was. They were. I don't even know if they're D one. Saint Xavier in Illinois. I, I'm. I'm not thinking oh, they're D one. But I don't think so. Um. So my point is, they finally beat an opponent on the road, and yeah, they, they didn't have PBJ. So that's a big, big win for the Panthers team. And yeah, you're right. I'll. With that, to cap it off, let's let's read some Horizon League standings right now. And I got them up right now. And now I got to get the updated ones up after some results coming in. Yes. I'll and, say real quick while you get that up. I just hope it's not one of those situations where PBJ comes back and he screws up things on the offense, right? Like it's one of those situations where a big player comes in and obviously they're the star of the show, best player you got, but still highest recruited recruit in the Horizon League ever to come through. But this team just won a game, right? So now you're coming in and you're throwing things off. I know they played together earlier in the year. But that's just a little concern, little thought right now. I, I agree. Um, certainly that's been a concern with like guys like Golston and you know Donovan Newby. I mean, the, go listen to my Milwaukee recap with Elise Fisher. We talked about yes. these guys. So um, now looking at the standings, though, Milwaukee, you know, sitting at two and two. They're they're in the middle of the pack right now in the Horizon League. Uh, they're Cleveland State and Oakland are the three and zero teams. Youngstown State, Detroit Mercy, both two and zero. Three and one right state, then at number five, Milwaukee sitting alone at two and two, number six, Port Purdue, Fort Wayne at one and two, and then Northern Kentucky, Green Bay are tied then. And then we got three winless teams right now with UIC, IUPUI, and Robert Morris to round it out. So, um, yeah, like you mentioned though, like PBJ, you know, there's been times where she shot this team out of the game. They could have beat Youngstown State, lost them, I believe, by one. So, I mean, the, mm. the list goes on. We've had, I mean, it's not just PBJ, but guys have shot that team out of games, basically. And that's happened. And I, they could certainly turn this around. I think they could host a Horizon League tournament game, one of those opening rounds. Certainly, I, this team could get a tournament bid by winning the Horizon League tournament. I mean, any team could, of course. But like, I certainly think Milwaukee has the power to do so still. So, um, yeah, that's the Horizon League right now. And now we go down, right? We love to do this. We go from high school, college to NBA or Big NBA East? from college to high school. Oh, Big East. Yeah, Marquette. They just <sighs> lost in double overtime. I'm sorry. Marquette. Yeah, we have to talk about our painful. This one will be quicker. Um, yeah, uh, this, is, Big this East. sucks. It, yeah, it was, it was a very sad game. I watched it, of course, Mar- watching my Marquette team. They were up three with three seconds left in first overtime. And what happened was. I mean, it, we it, it was it was Marquette ball. They overturned it. Okay, Creighton ball. Got to just play some defense. Three seconds left, and Oso Aguadaro, um, you know, uh, guy gave him a little pump fake, and he he was still like there to cover it, and the guy like kind of faded, faded to the right, and yeah, the, he drained the three, forces double overtime, double overtime. That all created a lot of four shots. This Marquette team is struggling shooting right now, and just overall shot selection. We saw. Um, Justin Lewis had one of the worst games of the season for himself, only finishing with nine points, and he just didn't didn't shoot well at all. Um, looking for where he shot four for eighteen, yuck. And then also Tyler Kolick shot four for fourteen, and 
Oso Iguodaro, though, had the game of his career so far. 10 for 12 from the field, 22 points. Tyler Kolok is so effective in the pick and roll, and that's really how they how he got those points. He, I believe he's one of the best pick and roll guards in the country. I think he's like number five right now. He's in that oh, top, wow. top list of guards, so that's one of their strengths for this team. But also Cam Jones was out due to health and safety protocols. That played a big factor. He's a starter for this team, very good player. I think you have him. You might come out with a win this game, basically, but enough of me making excuses. They lost. <laughs> uh, let's go to the, the Big East standings. We got Providence and Creighton both sitting 2-0 and right now atop the Big East. Butler's also 1-0. Xavier, 1-1. UConn, 1-1. Villanova, 1-1. And then St. John's and Georgetown have not played yet due to COVID, so they're, they're, they have not played a game yet in the Big East play. Seton Hall, 0-1. De- DePaul, 0-1. Marquette, 0-3. Yuck. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I want to make it quick. Providence is ranked. Uh, Xavier ranked. UConn, I believe, was ranked. I mean, all these teams have been ranked at some point in this year. Nova, of course, they've been ranked in the top 10. Um, just all those teams have, have been, you know, and they, we can see them ranked probably. I think Creighton, you might see get some points. They might sneak into the top 25 too. But that is basically the Big East talk. I also won't be surprised with St. John's as well. So yeah, it's a tough basketball. conference. It's tough. I mean, there is, it's a gauntlet. Yeah, you said it correctly for Marquette. 0-3 at the bottom. I'd rather be 0-0 in the conference. I would rather not play yet than sit through these Marquette losses. So let's go to high school now. In the world of the Mantalk Lincoln Ships, they dropped both of their games in this week, and it it was tough. Once again, it was just another one of those things where they're playing tough opponents. These are both non-conference games. Lose by five to Sussex Hamilton, a game I wanted to call but sadly couldn't get off of work for, and the Madison Memorial at Madison Memorial, they end up losing by 13 in that game this past Thursday. So I'll be there in Ashwaubenon on Tuesday. This is going to be huge for the ships. They head to Ashwaubenon on the road, and this is the end of their gauntlet, as I like to say, for now. Obviously, it picks up again in the conference. It's a very, very tough FRCC with top teams in there. Bayport, who's still not the best team, but they lost to them. DePere, Ashwaubenon, on and on and on. You can go with top teams in the conference, but the ships should be right up there with them as well. They play at Schwabenon, a team they've lost five of the last six to. Schwabenon beat them both times last year. After or Before that streak of losing five of the last six, the ships won three of the last four, and then they split the four games before that. So it's a pretty even series besides the last few years. So I think there's still plenty of chances. The ships lost four in a row now after starting the year three and one. This is the end of that gauntlet. I know some people call it a four-game gauntlet. I include Eshwabadon in it. I say they are right there. This is going to be a very tough game on Tuesday, but they're ready for it. At least we hope that the ships are. So as for Ron Colley now, Monday, a week ago today, Ron Colley was in the Lord's Academy Tournament. They beat University School 96-45. to They put up 60 points in the first half. Massive win for the Jets, and then the next day they did it again, beating St. Mary's Catholic 62-38. to Burlian and Campbellsport both with wins on the 28th. Then we go to the Big East, Eastern Wisconsin Conference Challenge. This is fun, and we were shocked in Milwaukee when we heard the news that the Lutheran Lancers defeated Keel. This was unreal. Drew hit the phrase, it's Showtime, baby. It's showtime. 21 points for Shofukasawa. Five of five from three points. Unreal. The big thing, though, they had Ethan Menges back. 23 points. He played 30 minutes, so he was in it. He played this game. He shot the ball 12 times, had a massive double-double. 23 points, 14 rebounds. Huge, huge win for the Lancers. The other game on that day saw Random Lake beat New Holstein and then Valders loses at the, what is it, Shawano Sundrop shootout or what is it? You got like it. That? No, you got at, it. Oh, sweet. They lose by four, 66, 62. And then real quick, the next day to finish the Big East challenge, the Lancers beat New Holstein 84-53. So I think this Lancers team is going to be just fine now moving forward. Another 20-point game for Menges. Limited minutes. He only played 16 in this one. Shofukasawa had 10. Luke Marone and Noah Luksek both had 9 as well, along 16 points from August Hacker. So the Lancers are going to be just fine moving forward in the rest of the season. Also, 
TR gets a win. They beat El Goma 58-48. Another win for TR. And then Keel beats Random Lake 71-54. That ends things there. I mean, what she got to say about all this? That was a lot. Okay, well, let's get started. You know, with showtime, like you mentioned, it is definitely showtime. Five, like you mentioned, five for five for three. This, it's ridiculous. It was, I, I could not believe they won. 15 for 26 from three they shot. That is insane. That's, that's, that's unreal. Like, I, I don't know, and I don't want to take anything against Lutheran. You know, the, having Menga's back was big for this team. He put up 23 leading score, like you said, but... I don't know. Let's say they play Keel again. I don't think they beat Keel again. But no, I don't think so. They're either. not gonna. You're not gonna shoot 15 for 26 from three every night. And I'm I really also don't happy think. Yeah, I don't think Keel was ready for Menges. I don't know if, how much they prepared for Lutheran, but I don't think they prepared for Menges being back. And if they did, then I guess props to Lutheran for having the hot hand. Well, well, show focus how he is a bad man. He really, you know, putting up 21 against Keel against Pierce Arns. You know, that was. That was something else um, with him. And uh, yeah, I he's mean, he's going to be on the pod on. this yeah. Wednesday. Yeah, I think go. he's going to be on Wednesday. He should be on. If not, I apologize. We weren't able to get it done, but he should be on this Wednesday. I, I hope he comes on because this, you know, after a performance like this, we got to have him on. Jordan, hopefully you get some questions out about that to him. Yes. Regarding. Thank you. And yeah, overall, um, we saw, yeah, we saw Valders lose a close one to Wrightstown. And right now, a running joke right now by Robert Schimmick is that Valders has the same record as TR. So thank you, Robert, for that. Oh, for that no. Joke. That's bad. At two and six. Um, different scenario considering Valders has beat TR by 30 plus. And also, I find it interesting how Ron Colley won by 50 plus again. I'm Well, they put up 60 in the first half. So I don't want to hear it. Uh, you know, that's. Sure, Pouts played a lot in the second half. I'll leave it at that. I wasn't watching, but I'm, I'm sure he got some good minutes. I'll check it out real quick. Anything else you want to discuss here? Uh, no, I think, you know, great holiday action for, I mean, there's certainly some good games looking around Keel, Mantwalk, Lutheran. But now, yeah, we have conference play kind of resume after, you know, after that break. Actually, we got some non-con games still before yeah, we get started. I was going to say, we've got an interesting schedule. It doesn't show the minutes for Ron Colley games, so no minutes here. On with sports, but looking at head tomorrow, six games in the EWC. Ron Colley's at Plymouth, Mishcott at TR. That'll be a fun one. Hilbert at Brilliant, New Holstein at Howard's Grove, Keel at Kewaskum, and Falls at Oostburg. So that's the schedule there before we get into it on Friday. This is the big one, and Drew, this is our bet of the week. We're doing it again. Ron Colley and Brilliant. This is the game, right? This is what it comes down to. And my question to you, is Ron Colley over or under 6.5? If they win by that much? Yep. I'll go under. Okay. You're going under. You're going I'll over. go over. I'll, just to be different, wow. I'm going to do it. I I was a lot more confident in the Valders one than I am this one. But just to be different, I'm going to go over. We both said the same thing for the Bucks and our long bet with the Jaguar. So I'll be different because I think what could happen is You've got a five-point game with a minute left or something, and then it just comes down to free throws. You know what I mean? And that makes it an eight- to ten-point game. That's what I think could happen in this one. But we'll be there, and this thing's going to come down to the wire. Yeah, I think, personally, I think Brilliant can win this game. I mean, uh, watching both teams play now, I think, um, yeah, they certainly got this. You know, it just... it comes down how you defend Luke Pouts. It really does. Uh, how how much, you know, I mean, averaging now 32 a game. It's gone down a few points, which, so only 32 now. Yeah, yeah I know. it's gone it's still, down. How dare still it? Incredible. Still one of the, you know, top player. I mean, it's him and Lawrence, obviously, you know, that, that debate, whatever. Uh, that's a whole different, you know, topic right now. But uh, Luke Pouts, that, that, that is a whole episode. You're right, because that's so close. Uh, both players have been playing, you know, I mean, like they're the top two guys in the conference, and Luke Pouts certainly you got you got to stop him on that team. But he has he has some great players around him. I think they really went. We we didn't give enough credit, you know. I, I mentioned it in the Big East or in the Eastern Wisconsin Conference midseason recap, but um, they have he's some great guys around him, and like Stangle, Witzak, you know, and even Yonda Fisher. too. Yeah, Fisher. I mean, the list goes on, and the, there's some guys around him. You got to stop around the perimeter, and he's. Pouts is so great at, you know, finding the open guy, too. I, mean, I think that's a really underrated aspect for him, averaging 4.3 assists a game, too. So you just got to stop Pouts in general. I mean, it, it's easier said than done, of course. Oh, yeah. Um, 
but I'm looking forward to it. You, you certainly could see a Ron Colley win. I think this one's a toss up though, but certainly Ron Colley has to come and be in the favorite. I think, I think that's the way I would, I would approach it too. Based has on to be, yeah. some of the teams they've beat already and Brilliant beat some great teams too. Both are still sitting undefeated. Nine and over Ron Colley, 10 and over Brilliant, but I'll, I guess Brilliant being the underdog right now, I'll be rooting for them. I think that's a, that's an okay way to assess it, but I, you know, I, I wouldn't be mad. I, I think they're going to split the season series for this game, um, to be honest. So, well, yeah, I don't think Ron Colley finishes unbeaten. I saw someone say that, and I was like, I don't know about that. They I could, yeah. but I don't know. I don't think so. But, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for a season split between these two teams. But I want, I want Berlin to win this. We'll make a statement win here. Maybe, you know, Ron Colley, Ron Colley then beats them at the Jet Hangar. I think that would be that would be fitting. You know, each team wins at their home venue, but that's what I would say. If they do split it, it'll be one of those things where Brilliant wins close, probably at home, and then Ron Colley. I don't want to say blows them out, but wins by ten or around that at their home. But like you mentioned, I really think it comes down to, like you said, obviously how Luke Pouts is defended, and then how that supporting cast plays for the Jets. Because if no one else can step up, if no one else can make shots, and Pouts is double teamed, and they got a boxing one or whatever they want to do on them. I think Brilliant can control the game and, you know, take some time off the clock and do their thing as well. But we'll see. We'll be there in Brilliant this Friday. It is going to be absolutely huge. Keel at Chilton, Falls at TR, and Holstein at Valders to round out the week. Actually, there's two games on Saturday. I didn't even know this. So there's two games. Falls is at Little Shoot, and Roncalli is at Wrightstown. My goodness. Roncalli mm. plays Brilliant on Friday, and then oh, the boy. next day heads to Wrightstown. That That's... is a gauntlet of a schedule. Yeah, that's for me, like go, talking around Kali one more time here. Um, you know, with how they've been utilizing pouts minutes wise, that, that's the whole reason I bring it up is because, I mean, we've seen them some games play 30, 30 minutes. I mean, um, you're, you're playing back to backs here. I, how much are you going to play pouts? I mean, I know, I know it's not like football, you know, but it's, st- it's still take a toll on the body. So I think, I think I'm not going to say minutes control, but like, I mean, th- this game in the grand scheme of things, you know, Ron Colley playing a non-town game where it's right stop doesn't mean much. So I hope that that is taken into effect by, or into account by coach Joe Garceau and how he kind of plays his players. You know, if a game gets a little out of hand, maybe you sit pouts some more and because I think you'll be able to, but you know, Friday I'm rooting for a good game. Hopefully. I mean, that's a game where that's why you keep, you push your players to play, because they're, they're going to need pouts the whole game, basically, you know, and same with Brilliant going to need Lorenz the whole game, you know. I think they definitely sat him in the St. Mary Catholic game. It doesn't show minutes, but they only scored 62 points. That was the first time all year Ron Colley hadn't scored 75 or more. So I think that definitely goes to show, unless he had an off game, that they kind of sat him a little bit more and were giving him that rest. And obviously they play Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday all on the road. Absolutely huge week for the Ron Colley Jets. We hate to talk about them that much, but when you're one of the top dogs in the conference, you absolutely deserve it. And yeah, the entire state as a whole in your division. So let's move on. Final thing we wanted to talk about was some bowl games. We'll be doing a huge bowl game recap with Johnny Tim at the end where we'll talk about this and that and what happened. The standings. Jared right now, I don't know if this is Jared Valeski, but 23 and 10. 99.6 percentile as he is in first place right now. I I've moved up. Is it? Yeah. yeah. Good. Good for him. I am fourth now at 20 and 13, but 23 and 10 is at the top. And then we move down to find Drew. You're also right there. Oh, You're the good. same thing with me. We have the same record, 20 and 13. Caden, 11 and 22, still at the very, very bottom. Caden, I thought you knew your college football. And then Devin is at 16 and 17. Tied in a two-way tie for second to last place. Parker Sonnenben, we just had him on the college athlete spotlight. He's 17 and 16, tied for third last. So there we have it there. But, I mean, Drew, let's talk about the college football playoffs real quick. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Boats left and right, as has been the trend with these college football playoffs. Alabama beats Cincinnati. Cincinnati didn't have an offense whatsoever. And then Georgia blows Michigan out of the water. Wasn't even close setting up an Alabama and Georgia rematch, a game that I probably won't even be watching. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, uh, both games were really blowouts yesterday. Um, not really, I mean, not blowouts, but like they weren't, they weren't competitive. They really weren't. I think they seemed. said, I was listening or when I was watching it at work, I think they said there's been, what did they say? Three of the semifinal games in the eight years that have been decided by seven points or fewer. Like that's bad. 
Like these are the, yeah. supposed to be the top four teams in the nation, and for whatever reason, they're never close. Yeah, exactly, and kind of, kind of frustrating, you know. Hoping for an upset didn't happen, so yeah, we got basically the SEC championship again, but on the national stage. So it, it'll be for sure a good game, but a lot of fans, and especially in the college football world, are upset. I mean, Alabama, you basically see them in it every year. I mean, it's not like sick of them. Yeah, and. Rightfully so. I, I mean, it, it makes sense. And if I ever be a fan, you know, Wisconsin, you get to watch Duke's Mayo Bowl last year. Get to watch Arizona State and the, the, watch them play them in the Las Vegas Bowl. So, I mean, a lot of different fun bowl games for the Badgers. But for the for the Alabama Crimson Tide, you just get national championships. Yeah, I was going to say with Alabama, they showed so many graphics of them. They were in seven of the eight college football playoffs. And in five of the seven, they've been the one seed. So that just shows how dominant they are. This season, they haven't been great either. They've struggled in a few games, but here they are right back in it. Did you watch the Badger game? I watched the first half, and then I went to bed. Yes. We were all late the night before. You watched the whole thing? It was uh, I, Not the whole thing, but I watched okay. a couple quarters. I watched sure. like the third and like part of the fourth quarter. It was a good game. Um, it's basically I would sum it up. Braylon Allen played well. Um, and they, I mean, 56 or something like that? Rushing yards? Yeah. Seattle. He had like a lot. And we saw like some of the younger receivers shine. Like, I mean, it was Marcus Allen um, was one of them because he's going to be like the future. I mean, we saw guys like Danny Davis, the third and Kendrick Pryor who have been on this team forever. Um, kind of there was their last game. So that was kind of bitter, you know, bittersweet moment. Go, uh, go and end on a dub. But I mean, these, these guys have been around forever. Like since the Alex Hornibrook days. Same okay. with Ferguson. It feels like, Oh yeah. Jake Ferguson too. So. I mean, these guys now are all done. Um, and now, I mean, we look, we'll look ahead to next year for this Badgers team. They brought in some good recruits. They brought in actually one of the top kickers in the country. If, yes, I, mean, I did see that. That means much. But I think, I mean, you got Braylon Allen as the centerpiece on that offense. You got to get Graham Mertz. You got to get Graham Mertz has to play better, basically, for this team to be better. And it's as simple as that. And that defense, I'm confident in replay, be playing great next year, too. Um, I think they're just well coached. I think Jim Leonard is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, you know, at the collegiate level. He's just very, you know, one of those top guys and just know, knows his stuff for sure at with it all. And uh, yeah, a great win for the Badgers, I think, in this bowl game for sure. They got the win, right? So that's really all that matters. I think it was 20 to six or something that when I went to half or when I went to bed at the halftime. So I was confident they wouldn't blow the lead and they didn't which was great to see. Grammar's had a few dimes early in the game, and I was like, whoa, where's this guy been all season? So speaking of trivia this week, it's a special one. Wisconsin Badgers bowl game trivia. This might be a little tricky, but we're going to do it anyways. I'm very, very excited. Here in Season 4, coming off the 10-question NBA on Christmas trivia, you are now 20 of 30. Drew, are you ready for Badger bowl game trivia? Let's do it. True or false? The first three bowl games the Badgers appeared in were the Rose Bowl. True. It is true. 1953. It's like one of those that would throw you off because you would think, how have they been in three Rose Bowls to start? 1953, 1960, 1963. Very, very spaced out. But those are the first ones they were in. Now our next question. When was the last time the Badgers won the Rose Bowl? Was it 2000, 2011, or 2013? Okay, I'm going to say 2000. It was. They beat Stanford 17 to 9 in that year. They have struggled so much in the Rose Bowl. It's not even funny. I have the list here. They lost it in 2011 through 2013. They were in it three years in a row. Lost every single time. Lost it in 2020, January 1st. Lost by one point to Oregon. Then you look. Yeah, that was. I mean, still, but regardless, you're losing Rose Bowls left and right. They won it in 99 and 2000, won it back-to-back, won it in 94, and then they lost the first three that they were in. So, next question. The Badgers won their first bowl game in what year? So, we know they lost their first three. I just said that. That went through 1963. Did they win their first bowl game in 1965, 1977, or 1982? I'll say 82. That is correct. This is impressive. A great start to the bowl game trivia. Listen to this. So they were in it. It, as I said, 53, 60, and 63. Their next bowl appearance was in 1981. 
where they lost in the Garden State Bowl and then one in 82, which was the Independence Bowl. So a three of three start. And now your next question. I'm going to let you get a free guess before I give you options. What is the Badgers record in their last 10 bowl games? Okay. Oh, good. Um, I'll say three and seven. That is incorrect. In the last 10, are they four and six, six and four, or seven and three? Four and six, then. They're seven and three, whether you believe it or not. Last in 10 the bowl games? Yes. So let's go through. They won the Vegas Bowl, obviously. They won the Mayo Bowl. We know those two. Then they lost the Rose Bowl, as I said. They won the Pinstripe, Orange, Cotton, Holiday, and Outback Bowl. Then they lost the Capital One in Rose Bowl, going back to 2013. So they have been hot, to say the least. Most of them coming with the Paul Christ era. Only one of them was when Barry Alvarez was at the coach. So Paul Christ, I guess he's doing good things in the bowl game. So there's our first incorrect answer. True or false to end it? Badgers have had three bowl games go to overtime. I'll say false. It is. It is. They've only had two go to overtime, those two being in 2002 and 2015. So very low amount, but still, they've been in a lot of close bowl games. Four of five. Let's put you at 24 out of 35 here in trivia. We'll have one more special one eventually. And our other categories remaining, football video games prior to 2000 and defunct sports leagues. So that's what we got yet. As you're looking, I mean, it's possible. You need to go, ooh, it's going to be tough. But you would need to go 13 out of 15 to match your total from season three. It could still happen. Never say never. But that's all we got here on the episode of the podcast, a beautiful one for our New Year's special. Next week, we'll talk about the Winter Classic. We'll talk about our bets and all of that good stuff. But other than that, Drew, shout yourself out, and we'll get out of here. Yeah, you can find me on all platforms, Drew Skyberg, D-R-E-W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G. And, um, you know, I, I know we did an EWC Boys midseason recap a few weeks prior, and and we'll we'll make sure we're going to do an EWC probably. All of Robert Shimmicon, we'll do a girls' midseason re- recap as well to kind of keep it, you know, cover both sides. I know we didn't cover girls' basketball today, but keep a lookout for that recap. It'll be coming very, very soon. And like we said, hopefully this Wednesday, we will have Shofu Kasawa on the podcast. And then on Friday, another episode of Journey to a Million, your favorite sports betting podcast. We can't thank you guys enough for entering our giveaways. Hopefully, Drew gave you your sweatshirt and you absolutely love it. That's all we got, guys. Thank you all so very much for listening to another edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the perfect podcast for you.